listening to The Burn. Gaming stuff, blazing fast. Welcome to a new episode of The Burn, a podcast about gaming done blazing fast. I am Aviv Manoach. And I am Omer Kaplan, and this is the first time that I'm recording a podcast on Saturday, which is kind of cool. I like it. Why it's, it's uh, cool? It's, What's the difference? I don't know. It's pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty relaxing. I'm not, you know, in the middle of, I have to like clear time in the middle of my work day and like, you know, worry about all these other tasks. You know, Saturday, it's morning time. Everything's like quiet. We can sit down and talk about the video games. It's pretty nice. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I usually record uh, all of the podcasts after the after the work day at at night which is sometimes really um well not hard but challenging because you need to do the talking and everything after a yes. full day of work although when we record it's usually in the middle of the day uh which is also has its own Weird. challenges and stuff but no one is so podca- podcasting is that. podcasting is challenging I don't know the the, the, actual, the actual recording thing is is the easiest part. Um, after we start, it's like yeah, we are talking about video games. It's fun. Yeah. But but all the other stuff around it, like setting a schedule and deciding on a topic and writing about the topic and uploading the episode and everything. That's uh, yeah. Once you press record, you just you know you just go. It's fine. Yes. Yeah, so, so how's, how's it going? How's life? Is the, everything's good in Aviv land? Yes, the usual. Uh, complaining about the winter not being winter, working, studying. Um, we are at the, um, whatever you call the, the vacation between semesters. Mm. And uh, it, it was supposed to be until last, next week, but they like push the, the vacation back. A week and the next semester will also be pushed back because there was a strike at the beginning of the school year or whatever <laughs> so a lot of like sounds students like, complained like about not being able to finish all the projects and stuff um, me personally finished everything I need to do so next week is basically a week off with nothing nice. to worry about so lots of video games in your future that's for sure uh i have i have a video game in in my present uh this week the persona 5 strikers came out and and that was like stop everything i have a a new persona 5 game to play so uh yeah from uh from okay so so next so next episode i expect a full report yeah next episode is is Going to be what you claim that. is the best the best game you played ever so yeah but strikers is like a different kind of yeah. game in the same universe so it's it's a bit it's a bit different but we'll talk about that next time yeah so um, yeah maybe next time try to convince me to start playing persona games so uh, nice. i won't try to, to convince you because you will never finish it no <laughs> not with the amount of hours you played no just no <laughs> It's like you stopped in, in Assassin's Creed Odyssey after 30 hours and, and you need 30 hours no, I, is, I mean, is barely the tutorial in, in Persona 5. No, I didn't, no, I, no, I stopped, no, I stopped after like close to 60 after finishing like the main quest and then decided I'm done. So I've done the full main quest. I'm not doing the cult business there. So 
There is yeah, nothing in Persona 5 that it's not a main quest. That's the thing. You need to play oh, okay. 40 hours to go through the entire game because that's how it, it's, it's paced. But, uh, See, so maybe I'll leave that through you. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I can talk about right. that, that endlessly. But uh, well, let's do the, the whole opening thing so we can, we, we can move on to the actual topics. Uh, we are The Burn, a podcast about gaming done blazing fast. In each episode, we talk about a game that we are playing and like or dislike sometimes. And also news uh, about gaming that were um, uh, over the last week or so. You can listen to all the episodes at uh, theburn.live. That's the website. So we'll take you to our Anchor page. Um, and you can also subscribe to all the ways that you consume podcasts from that directly. Uh, you can also follow the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash isle.me, one word, uh, where I sometimes um, do live um, broadcasting for stuff. Uh, nice. the, yeah. So the game we are talking about today is Monster Train, also known as Monster Train. It's like Slade Aspire, but with trains. It's yeah, Slay the Train. So here's the thing with Monster Train. So I played a whole bunch of it. I think I'm like you know 15 hours already in like a very short amount of time, and this game made itself like to a lot of game of the year of 2020 list for people who really appreciate their opinion on and value their opinion on games. But I was, you know, I got into the store page of the game and different stores and literally, and I watched some gameplay on YouTube and everything about watching this game and just looking at screenshot made me feel I'm not going to like this game at all. So the, you know, the graphics look like, you know, one of the flash games from the nineties, no offense, um, shiny shoe, uh, I think Chinese Shoe is the uh, developer. Yes, that's the sure. developer. Yes. So yeah, so no, no offense, but you know, graphics are not really my style. And the animations are really, you know, super basic. Soundtrack isn't, you know. I completely like, disagree with you about about the visuals. Actually, I think they're nice. Yeah, I mean, when you compare it to like Slade Spire, so it's like you know, slightly upgraded because Slade Spire is even worse. But I mean. You know, it's a it's a deck build. It's like a roguelike deck builder. So I didn't expect something like over the top, but I don't know. I didn't like really like the artistic style. The cards themselves okay, I, are I, nice. I kind of agree with you. It's, it's it's it looks like a mobile game. It actually, I'll tell you what. It looks like one of those like game development packs that you mm-hmm. that you can buy. With, yeah, exactly. All, all the UI looks like this. It's 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 polished, but it looks very uh, generic. You can call it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when I think about it, when I look at screenshots, it's basically par for the course, right? So if you look at, if you give me like roguelike, deck builder, Slay the Spire style, you know, I look at it, I even played something along the lines of like Deck of Ashes and like Gordian Quest. They're all pretty much have the same kind of like look and feel to them. And this one is right on, like right on the money. It's like par for the course. So, you know, as a, I, it didn't like blow me, you know. Okay, away that was with, the like, preamble, the and then you played it. Yes, and then yeah, and then the thing is like every time I, you know, think I'm not going to like a game recommended by those people, I end up regretting it. It happened to me with uh, <laughs> Invisible Ink, which I refused to play, just you know, just because I didn't like how it looks and how it, you know, just looking at gameplay, and then ended up regretting it. So I said to myself, okay, I'm in the mood for a roguelike deck builder. 
I, you know, I'm not, I looked at, you know, just getting back to some of my other card games. Didn't feel like that. I said, okay, I'm going to get one and train. And I'm happy to report I was dead wrong. The gameplay of this game is super, super, super fun. Probably what didn't make it to my top two games of 2020, but, you know, I played a ton of Monster Train, and you know what? If you were in the mood for a roguelike deck builder with super fun gameplay, I would strongly suggest you check out this one. So here's here's how it works. And this is what makes it a little bit different from your other ones in the genre. So, I mean, the the main loop itself is kind of cheesy. So you have, so you're basically writing, uh, you're representing hell, and you're writing a train with like, what they call the pyre, which is a big, shiny, burning gem with all the powers of hell in it, and you're writing to defrost hell, pretty much. And you have, like, these different demons, and you have to defend against the like forces of heaven, justice, angels, whatever. So there's your, you know, basically your loop. So you have to ride certain the train to certain stops, and each stop is basically a battle. You have to go, there's a, there's a minion, there's a boss, and you have this train, they have different floors in it. So you got three floors and then your, let's call it the core, the pyre, whatever the name is. So, you know, enemies go through the first floor. If they make it through the first floor, they climb to the next and then the next. And you get to put your minions in each one of the floors. So it's kind of like vaguely reminding of tower defense, but not really. Uh, that you can put your dudes or, let's say, demons of different kinds on different floors. And you can you get your spells, you got your mana each turn that you get to spend, you have spells that increase your mana, all the different mechanisms, you got armor, you got, um, you know, spell penetration thingies, you got healing powers, all that good stuff. The thing that makes this game slightly different is that, and maybe makes every run pretty unique, is that you, like, you have five, either five or six clans of demons, and each run you select your main clan and your support clan, or let's call it allied clan. And what it does is that every clan have their own deck. So when you, you know, when you do your deck building roguelike business, you get cards from your main clan, which get war cards, and you get cards from your support. And then this is, if you equivalent that to Magic the Gathering, it's like different types of like, you know, card, like archetypes, right? So you got your reds, you get your greens, you get your purples, you got your... Uh, blues, whatever. Um, so that's kind of nice. Uh, between each stop, you have kind of like your mid-battle thing where it's kind of like randomized, but you get, you know, add another card to your deck or remove some cards from your deck or enhance your creatures, enhance your spells. And this is how you go through the world. You have a lot of, so this is what, you know, if you listen to this podcast, it's one of my favorites. You have a lot of difficulty settings you can mess around with. You can have... You can have the game, so you basically win almost every run. Ah, um, good. Yeah, so it's not like Slay Slay the Spire, but you have to work hard to f- end the run. I basically won, you know, finished like a full course on my second run, and it, they don't take very long. It's like, I don't know, 15 minutes per run. So you go in, you do your thing, and then at the end of each run, you get points. You kind of like level up your main clan and support clan. And when you level them up, you get more cards added to their pool. So you can kind of like mix and match. Um, and then you unlock more clans as you go. So that's kind of a nice. So that's kind of like encourage you to play more and more. Um, 
And yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm still playing on like the easy setting, finishing everyone, unlocking more clans, unlocking more cards. And then if you really want, you can add mutators, which are basically stuff that's going to make the game a little bit harder. So enemies enter your train with more armor. Enemies have something called spikes, which is basically, you know, reflect some of the damage you do back to your people. So, you know, there's a way to make the game harder and you get bigger rewards. But, you know, I'm just playing it and having fun. It's great. Uh, what else I can tell you that's awesome about this game? Let me tell you something that's not awesome. So the, you know, the, your pool of cards and the deck and the enemies and the different combinations that you can do are pretty awesome. The enemies themselves, they feel pretty much like lackluster in effect, the, in the sense that they all feel, feel pretty much the same. I mean, I, you know, every enemies, especially the bosses, have different abilities, have different different things they do. They have special card decks, they, some of them attack like the whole floor, some of them put different minions on like random floors so you can get to the top floor faster. But at some point, especially when I'm playing on the easy level, I, st- I just stopped reading the, yeah, the descriptions of the enemies. I'm just playing solitaire. I'm just pl- putting my dudes <laughs> in a way that they combo and it makes sense. And it just works. So I guess if you're playing in the, on the harder difficulty, the enemies make sense. Right now, they're just like cannon fodder. I'm just, you know, just as long as your people's combos are good enough, then you just win every floor and you figure out the combos pretty fast. So, you know, I think you put the person there. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good um, a good implementation of a, of a difficulty system because you can start playing the game and only take care of your own combos and stuff and learn the the different combinations and cards and, and what whatnot. Uh, and then when you want to increase the challenge, you do, and then you need to also maybe um, uh, notice what the enemy is doing. So gradually you learn the game and be better of it, which is yeah, good. no, yeah, that's yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. I didn't think about that, but yeah. So essentially, you know, I'm having like tons of fun just like figuring out the combos for myself and then yeah i mean if i feel like we need more challenge then we can read the enemy's text as well but this yeah they're doing like different stuff then some of them i learn to recognize and like you know play against but most of the time you just you know have to set up your people in a way that makes sense another thing that's really nice is that every clan has a hero which is basically it's a card that costs zero mana it's in your hand at the beginning of each round and they have abilities that you, you can, first of all, they, they kind of like have the thematic kind of like notion of the, of the clan. So, you know, one clan is all about summoning a lot of like small minions. Another clan is all about summoning like big minions with a lot of health. Um, kind of like different types of play. And you can upgrade the heroes as you go. So you pretty much can decide, you know, whether you want your hero to be kind of like of a, you know, one path or another. So it's kind, of, it's kind of like an interesting mechanism just to put on top of everything else. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, other than that, super, super fun game. You got your artifact. I mean, it's pretty much remind me of like Slay the Spire with a little bit of tower defense elements with kind of like the more of a the clan-like system instead of the, you know, individual hero. So yeah. Cool game. I'm definitely going to play more of that. And yeah, much much fun. Good. Yeah. Uh, I see on the website that they, the game is only available right now for uh, basically Windows platforms and Xbox. So, um, well, 
game company, let me know when you are available and on either the Switch or PlayStation. I don't believe that yeah, you're not a, on the Switch any, it, yet. What a, are you doing? That, that's like your core demographic to be on Switch. Yeah, that's a that's a must on the Switch. I mean, the, I mean, if it comes out on the Switch, I'm buying it 100%. It's a yeah, it's right. a classic Switch game. Because both of us played like uh, Hand of, of uh, Gilgamesh on, on Switch, right? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's a perfect game for that. Uh, but they are coming with a DLC in, in next month, uh, the last Divinity or whatever. Oh, um, nice. So uh, so yeah, still working on the game, and and of course they they got a lot of uh, attention about it. I I saw it in on uh, Twitch a bunch when it uh, launched, and as you, as you said, it was in a bunch of uh, of game of the year list and stuff like that. So yeah, they did good. They did good, uh, despite the fact that the aesthetic, as as you said, is is a bit uh, generic. Yes, but, generic. Uh, but good on them. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Yeah news unless all right what do we get what do we got no 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 um buying it yeah buy it as soon as it comes out on switch for sure (laughs) great so the news this week um ea announced that they are canceling anthem's continuous development uh it was supposed to get a really big update called anthem next uh, reviving the game and stuff, and yeah, they are not going to do it anymore. They are pulling the res- they, uh, they are pulling Bioware's resources, despite the fact that Anthem was basically developed by a studio with the Bioware name, but not really the core Bioware team, whatever. Uh, but yeah, they they are pulling Bioware's resources back to work on the next Dragon Age and the next uh, Mass Effect and stuff like that, like the the, the franchises that that bring the money. Uh, and it's yeah. kind of sad since well, I'm I'm, I'm very sad. R- regardless of the like the the jobs and whatever of people that worked on it, uh, from a like consumer perspective, let's say, Anthem was cool. Anthem was cool. Anthem and was the gameplay, very cool. And the gameplay was very good. Uh, it just lacked content. And it was kind yeah. of weird that they invested so much in that, what you can basically call a tech demo without any meaningful content. Like, it had a story that you could finish in three hours. The only reason yeah. you, you wouldn't finish in three hours is because they gated you in the middle to go through the open world, quote unquote, and and do meaningless mm-hmm. stuff, so you had to. They padded the runtime of the game with like two hours of 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 collecting and and fetch quests and stuff. So the world was cool. The gameplay was very uh, interesting and uh, innovative, even. Uh, but mm-hmm. but yeah, it was basically a tech demo, and and it didn't have any content. And what it it, I think it's years already since it launched, and mm-hmm. they didn't do anything yes. with it. So... Listen, I'm like my my hope is that somewhere down the pipeline they take all the code and like revamp it into some other game, um, you know, pretty similar similarly to what we saw with like Titanfall and Apex Legend. I don't know, I I because like here's the thing, like they marketed as the Destiny killer. And, you know, you're playing a robot, you're flying, everything was, the gameplay itself was smooth. I mean, they could the, have done something different with the mechanics, robots, but... Omer, 
You play as a guy. I know. In okay. A suit. Yeah. The pilot. Yes. Okay. Fine. You play a big dude inside a big robot that does things. Anyway, the I don't know. You played like, Iron Man. Whole... It was the, it was the game where you play Iron Man, and everyone was Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, flying was great, and I I don't know. I really hope something. I I waited for the moment where they say, okay, well, we got you know some more content going on, and then I buy Anthem and like the DLC lets you and they describe it for like it as a 10 year venture for EA so they had plans for it I really hope at some point they repackage it and use the engine for something else because I, I will, mean, te- I will tell a- you what they do yeah. what we'll do uh, first of all it was two years not three it came out February 22 uh, 2019 well, um, it was 2018 hmm. yeah me too but I will tell you exactly what they do. They, they are going to take all of it and put it in the next Mass Effect. That's what they are going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not Firefish. I mean, they, they have a really good world setting going on, so why not? It, it was it was a very... Like, like I said, it was a very big... It was a very good tech demo. The thing is, I liked the, the, the world they created. The, the world building was great. I think I like it better than Mass Effect. And now we won't see it. Um, it's know. not hard. I think also I liked a Mass Effect Andromeda better than the core Mass Effect, and we won't see that as, uh, also. So they, <laughs> they're, they're taking away everything I like. Thank you, Bioware. Well, they're still making uh, uh, Dragon Age. Uh, Dragon Age 4, yeah. And I'm very much waiting for that. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, very, I'm very hopeful for Dragon Age after like them putting all of their eggs in the Dragon Age basket now, so... Yeah, we'll see. Also, like uh, we are getting off topics, but they—I don't know who is the director for the Dragon Age franchise. If there is any, if there is even one, but they did a really good like process with all of the series because they took—they had the first game and then they had the second game and, and then the third game. They tied everything together. They took three games that were completely di- separate in, in, in far of the story and stuff and, and brought them together, uh, made a really good story. And then the, the, only, the only thing that I'm annoyed with is that the base game doesn't have the ending. They put hmm. the actual ending in a DLC, which is kind of oh. annoying. But uh, but yeah, uh, that's off topic. What I want to say regarding Anthem is that, like a month ago, if they would have um, announced this cancellation, I would told you that well, the cooperative game as a service market died down. Basically, we have Destiny, and that's it, and no one is making that anymore. But then last week. Outriders came out and not only did Outriders came out they they put out a full playable free demo for the game with hmm. progression that will stay with you to the to the full game so you can download the demo and play how much of it you, you want and then in I don't know when when the game is coming out. Of, of I think it's I think it's in April. Okay, so yeah, coming coming April first. So in a month, uh, when you when you get the the, um, the full game, you will have everything you did in the demo, and that's kind of 
an, an, an unheard of thing in this current time frame? Like, no one puts yeah, out ex- demos anymore. Yeah, I'm excited for Outriders. Uh, yeah, so um, it looks like the, the um, cooperative uh, online RPG market is, is still alive and kicking. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. I can tell you that, so going a little bit off topic, Destiny came out with a huge update for their next season, and they basically, maybe as a response to Outriders and all the other games coming out, they gave the community everything they wanted. You're getting in Destiny, you're getting transmog, they're doing some experiments with power levels, so, you know, it's, like, easier to get into and you don't have to super grind for power levels. You get, like, you customize the way, the game in the way that you want, so... Yeah, I I think we're just getting started on the in the co-op market, so it's gonna be interesting. And I I didn't follow, um, you know what's his name, the game that you like that everybody look weird. What Warframe? Um, nin- Warframe, Space Ninja jumping. Space Ninjas, exactly. Yeah, so you know, I you know they have like a huge community and it's a great game. So I'm you know I'm excited yeah, for Outriders. I kind of put Warframe aside because it's a free-to-play game. Uh, so it's it's kind of working in a different market, although. It's it's basically the same the same type of of, uh, of players, but uh, but it, it's hard to compare uh, the free to market um, space yeah. to to Destiny and, out, and Outriders and stuff. Um, I just went on the Outward uh, the Outriders Steam page uh, and I saw wait the developers is people can fly where do I know this name and then I go to the, hmm. the developer page and I see those are the guys that made Bulletstorm oh <sighs> interesting and Bulletstorm is amazing yeah Bulletstorm is great okay so so that's and, uh, it, that's... and, it, and it comes out on Stadia which get me excited well yeah <laughs> that will start to be interesting because you haven't yet played a multiplayer game on Stadia. No, I, I played Desti- Destiny. Oh, Stadia. you did play Destiny? Okay, we, we need to do an episode oh, on yeah. that. Uh, maybe we'll do I, Destiny I, 2 I literally, I literally, played, literally played Destiny yesterday on Stadia even. Cool. So. Maybe we'll do a, a Destiny episode because I, I played Destiny a lot. Uh, not, not recently, but... Um, yeah. But I cool. played it a lot, yeah, so sure. we'll do an episode on that as well. Um... A last bit of news I wanted to add before we are finish. Um, ESA, the uh, Entertainment Software Association. It's a, it's a US-based uh, association of people in video games, and they have two things they do. One is uh, a, a yearly report, an annual report about the, the, the audience for video games. Um, and the other uh, thing is the E3 conference, um, and the interviews interview they gave this year was yeah, this this week, not this year. My, my dog is barking in the background. It's, it's yeah, I know. With me. <laughs> An interview they they gave this week uh, was about the future of E three because of you know COVID and everything. Uh, and they are uh, the, first of all there is there are uh, dates for it. It's going to be June fifteenth uh, through the seventeenth. Um, and they are saying it's going to be. Uh, right now, at least, the plan is uh, for it to be fully online, uh, which surprises no one, but it's a confirmation mm-hmm. after uh, CES was online and everything. Um, and un- Well, CES is weird because you, you wouldn't think that an event like CES 
would be successful online because you need to be on the show floor and see all the cool gadgets people are selling. Uh, but E3, mm-hmm. all, all the games are digital yeah. anyway. Who cares if it's online? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it should have been it should have, it should have been online years ago years right? ago but yeah but then Over you know the you got all these like five years or so all the co- uh, press conferences were uh broadcasted live anyway so what's the difference basically exactly that, that's what i'm saying uh and also like packs became online this year uh, well last year and stuff like that There is really, beside like, okay, I, I, will, I take it back. There is a place for show floor, like trying out the ga- new games and stuff, but for press conferences maybe, and yeah, announcements. Yeah, maybe, maybe when like new hardware is involved, then maybe, but. Right. You know, the, yeah, then, I think, yeah. It's a, yeah. And then you look at CS and you're thinking, how did the electronic consumer, uh, showcase was in online format you don't know <laughs> consumer electronic not electronics yes mm-hmm. same thing <laughs> yes so yeah mm. th- those are news um and i think we're done anything else you want to add no i'm uh, no i'm actually going to play some destiny right after the show so it's gonna be great i'm going back to persona 5 strikers um uh, and that's that will be that Okay, cool. so this is all we have on the show today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Omar, for uh, being here with me and telling Thank about you for hosting. Monster Train, you're welcome. You can find both of us online on Twitter. I'm Isel and Omar is Omar Kaplan. Don't forget to subscribe, uh, comment, and leave your reviews on the preferred listening app. You can find all of those at theburn.live.com. And finally, as always, our opening team was created by Anne Durko with vocals by Fishy Twitch, both on Twitter as well. Thank you, and we will be with you next time. See you soon. Bye-bye!